This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast, sponsored by Bemidji State University and Northwest Technical College. The Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast is also sponsored by Visit Bemidji and Grant Haven Campground. Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors covers the lakes, woods, trails, wildlife, and anything else going on outdoors in Paul Bunyan's Playground. When planning your trip up north, plan to park your RV or camper at the spacious Grand Haven RV Campground in Bemidji. You'll be in the perfect area to ride ATV, fish, hunt, and hike. With free parking for your boats and trailers and located just off Highway 2 west of Bemidji, Grand Haven Campground is the center point for your next Northland adventure. Fish hundreds of surrounding lakes and cruising the miles and miles of the ATV trails northern Minnesota has to offer. Visit GrandHavenCampground.com and book your stay today. Hey, I know what you've been asking. What's going on with John Hoyer? Well, today's your lucky day. We're going to find out. Professional walleye angler John Hoyer joins the show next. My fishing pool keys, tackle box in my hand. Gonna cast a few lines with my toes in the sand. Pulling in a big catch makes me feel like a man. But the wife, she just don't understand. I love walleye, perch, trout, and bass. And if you don't like fishing, you can kiss my mercury right in the bag. Cause the fishes all tremble at the thought of me. Cause I'm fishing Paul Bunyan Country. If you're fascinated by what you're hearing today... Bemidji State University might be the place for you when it comes to college. They're located amid the lakes and forests of the Northwoods, and it's the only place in Minnesota where you can earn a four-year degree in aquatic biology. It's a state-of-the-art program on the shores of Lake Bemidji, giving you high-tech lakeside facilities and ample opportunity for research and a hands-on education. You can choose fisheries biology, aquatic systems, or wetlands ecology. An aquatic biology education at Minnesota's premier Northwoods University it's the right fit for you. Visit BemidjiState.edu. This is Dick Beardsley, and this is Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. Well, we're checking in with John Hoyer. He's a National Walleye Tour Pro and, of course, the 2019 National Champion as well. And, of course, just a guy who likes to go fishing. John, how are you? I'm doing well, Kevin. Thank you. Well, I was just teasing you before I went on, saying because you were out golfing today, saying uh, I didn't know you fishing guys golfed, but uh, but you uh, you obviously like to do both. Uh, yeah, I actually love golfing, and it's a constant reminder that I'll never be a professional golfer. So that points me back towards fishing, which is good for my career. <laughs> Uh, well, it's interesting because most people, you know, I mean, they've, they like me, you know, we've got jobs outside of one or the other. And so, um, you know, we have a limited amount of free time to enjoy one or the other. So people tend to pick. But with a guy like you, you, you have that option to do a couple of different things, which is cool, too. Yeah, I really do. And um, obviously very blessed for that. But, you know, what, if it's lately fishing has always been kind of pre-tournament for me the last couple of years. Uh, I haven't really, I haven't guided at all now the last probably three years. So um, it's either fun fishing with a long lost friend or golfing and kind of getting reacquainted with, you know, high school friends or relatives or whatever. So that's how it's kind of the, the option we go for. Do you miss guiding? Um, no, I don't. I, I guess it's, um, it's kind of a uh, retirement plan for me at this point. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love, you know, taking people out fishing and seeing their best day of fishing ever, their biggest fish. But in reality, um, it kind of seems like my old job as a carpenter. Um, it's, you know, kind of a blue collar format of a fishing career. So again, I'm super fortunate to just be able to call the promotional side of things and then the tournament fishing, uh, a full career at this point. 
And uh, and how has the tournament fishing been going for you this year? Um, well, a lot like golf, if you lower your standards, it'll help you increase your yield. So, <laughs> you know, I'm fortunately I had the year of 2019, which was something probably never to be redone for myself. I mean, it was short of being magical. Um, you know, but really my goal at every national law tour event is to win. So, um, you know, a top 10 is a success in my mind. And then, you know, lately it's been, okay, I cashed a check, but it was really tough. So, like, if you look at it as a realist and you go into a tournament, you're like, we're not on tournament winning fish. I'm going to try to cash a check, get points for the championship. Um, it feels good to, you know, successfully successfully cash a check. But, uh, for instance, the last tournament at Green Bay, my travel partner, Dwayne Jelm, who you should get on here, he won the tournament by 12 pounds. And the fish that we found in practice and the pattern we had going, I think there was literally a better chance of me taking second place or winning than any other place. Um, you know, I only weighed four fish on day one, lost a couple key ones, same thing on day two. Like, got to see the seven to nine pounders right at the boat when they got off and heartbroken. So, you know, I ended up in 13th place, but it literally felt like 50th place, which I guess is a, a rare feeling, but to see my partner win, I've never been that excited in my life to see <laughs> my buddy win. So um, it was kind of, yeah, it was mixed emotions, but when it really set in, I was just, I was sad I didn't do better, but obviously super happy for him. So um, when you're out you know, pre-fishing or fishing a tournament. Obviously, you know, it's not like when you're out fishing with the buds and you're just trying to catch fish, have action, have fun. You need to find specifically big fish. And that's just a whole different mindset. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I guess fun fishing, I'm always looking for big fish. But, you know, in Minnesota, when you're on a, um, a lake like Leech Lake, for instance, you know, a lot of times it's like, let's go catch a limit. Let's, we already brought, bought the coleslaw and the breading and the oil. Like, we want to have a fish fry tonight. So, um, yeah, you're spot on. I mean, in the tournaments that allow, you know, bring in five fish of any size, that's all we're looking for the whole time. Like, where are the numbers of big fish? Or uh, this year, literally, I think it's been four of the toughest tournaments we've ever seen on the National Wildlife Tour all conditionally in their own sense but um you know a lot of these tournaments were like could can i catch five and in that scenario too if you're faced with a decision to catch five little ones that are going to put you middle of the pack or swing for it and even catch two big ones which would be more weight than five you know 18 inches you know those decisions are uh have had to be made this year also so um it's fun i mean all those variables and like i said all four tournaments this year were so tough that it really leaves the door wide open to win the tournament and uh my friends and i when we see that unfolding in practice i mean you're literally licking your chops like you could get one bite that could win you a two-day tournament and that's literally how all four tournaments have been this year hmm. 
Now, I'm not asking you to give up any secrets, but I don't think there's a lot of secrets in general, in, in general terms with the way walleyes behave. But do the smaller walleyes and the larger walleyes, are they in separate packs, separate schools, so to speak? Um, yeah, I mean, it's from lake to lake. You know, generally in Minnesota, um, the smaller, like, eater-sized walleyes, they're going to be eating bugs and only small bait fish. So, um, you know, a lot of that food in Minnesota especially can be found in the weeds, um, you know, throughout the years. So, like, the last 10 years of my life, I, the amount of walleye fishing I do in the weeds, especially in Minnesota, has just grown exponentially. Um, it's all, it was always kind of a mystery for myself, and I remember my dad and I talking about, you know, reading an in-fisherman article and being like, we got to go try the weeds, you know. Like, I've read all these articles, but it was just such a mystery. But, um, you know, now with the advancements of side imaging and even forward-facing sonar, you know, to pick through a weed bed, especially when you're allowed to use something like a leech and a slip bobber, um, you know, it's almost unfair, but to just kind of cruise through those weed beds, whether I mark them on side imaging or now forward facing sonar and getting to see the amount of life that lives in like nice cabbage beds in Minnesota is, it's amazing. And it's kind of funny how often I default to that, um, you know, especially, especially on flat, calm days. Um, really weed beds are probably the most stable bite on the whole lake throughout the year. So, uh, if I find walleyes and weeds, you know, in the Great Lakes or in the Dakotas, uh, not so often in the Dakotas, but, you know, Minnesota or, or anywhere, um, that's a good confident feeling going into a tournament because um, other than extreme wind, you really can't um, shake a good weed bite. Okay. Uh, as far as big ones, though, I guess where I was going with that is, you know, if there's Cisco's present or Shad or smelt, especially like in the Dakota reservoirs, um, those big ones are on a whole different schedule. And they really, um, you know, once they spawn, once they're done with spawning, they're basically on their way to where they, they're basically going fishing also. They're on their way to where those types of forage, those pelagics, those open water forage fish uh, roam in the summer. So, you know, some reservoirs in the Dakotas, They'll travel over 100 miles to spawn at the head of the reservoir in the river, and then, boom, they dump right down. They might swim 150 miles, um, you know, in a week. And they basically will end up in their summer haunts, and those are all related to that type of food. John Hoyer, my guest today. A lot more to cover with John next. I'm Mike Frisch of Fishing the Midwest, and I'm proud to help Kev Jackson Sound smart on Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. If you're ready to write the next chapter of your life and love the outdoors, Northwest Technical College might be the perfect fit. Northwest Technical College in Bemidji has state-of-the-art technical education and six career paths in the heart of the Northwoods. Automotive, building trades, business, health, child care, and manufacturing technology. We're surrounded by more than 400 lakes and acres and acres of forests you can be fishing, you can be hunting, and you can be plotting the course of your life all at the same place. The shortest path to your dream job begins at Northwest Technical College, Bemidji's Technical College. Learn more today. Visit ntcmn.edu. I'm Kevin Cochran, and you're listening to Fishing Paul Bunyan Country. 
We are back with John Hoyer, professional walleye angler on the National Walleye Tour. You were mentioning, um, you know, how some tournaments, you know, like in the Great Lakes, I'm guessing, you know, take the five biggest. Others, you know, Minnesota, you'd have to get your one or two over and and then, you know, try to try to figure it out. Which do you prefer, the chess game or just going for the biggies? Uh, I mean... Since I started fishing the Great Lakes, that's kind of heaven on earth for me. So <laughs> I really like to hear the number 42 pounds or, you know, for five fish. And it's really simple math when you get to, you know, when you weigh five, because everyone knows how to do, you know, um, 40 divided by five or 45 divided by five. So you get to see that like eight pound average, holy smokes, or, you know, even sometimes a nine pound average for five fish. And, um, so yeah, I guess I really enjoy the five fish of any size. Um, and the chess game part, like, you know, South Dakota is a lot like Minnesota standard, uh, slot limit one over 20 inches per angler. So in a tournament, we'll get two over 20 inches in South Dakota. And, you know, if you get a couple 24 inches and then have a spot to go catch those 18, 19 inches, I mean, you're golden at that point. So, um, yeah, I love all the variables, and the more variables there is, um, the more opportunity there is to excel. Um, the NWT is, is of course, a great tour. You get to try all those different things. Uh, what do we have left this year? We have left the championship, which oh. um, last year they switched to a no-entry fee top 40 championship. And I unfortunately zeroed on Green Bay, which put me out of the running for the top 40, basically, because I got zero points. Um, and now this is the second year in that format. So our last tournament is on Lake Erie in Dunkirk, Dunkirk New York. Okay. And that's coming up when? Uh, three weeks from now. What do you know about that? Have you ever fished out there? Uh, no, I never have. Um, you know, I've fished spring, summer, and fall on Lake Erie. So, um, you know, other than the fact we're on the far eastern end of the lake, uh, there's deeper water closer to shore, bigger waves. Uh, it's still kind of the general thing where, you know, a lot of the biggest fish will be in loose pack schools. You know, they can spread out for five miles at times. Um, and they'll be, you know, generally suspended, whether it's in a temperature slick or relating to, like, what depth the bait are, uh, the bait fish are at. So um, a lot of it's just driving around looking at your electronics and then, um, you know, trolling and just trying to get your baits at the specific depth. And then after that, I mean, there will always be a catch rate on Lake Erie. It's ridiculous right now, <laughs> the number of fish. So, um, you know, whittling it down to the little details in practice of, you know, what's best colors, in overcast, best colors in sun, best colors when I'm trolling deeper baits, what are the best colors when I have them high in the water column. So um, just kind of normal Lake Erie fishing uh, in a different part of the lake. So you, you mentioned that the big fish want bigger baits. So what are you throwing at them? Um, I'm pretty sure in the last, like, seven years, Every single tournament on Lake Erie has been won on, like, the biggest walleye crankbaits they make. So um, I use a lot of number 11 flicker minnows. And um, then the Bandit has, I mean, won tons of money on Lake Erie. 
know, the, the classic ones were the Reef Runners, were kind of the first big walleye bait. And then the Rapala Husky Jerk, like the number 12. They even make a number 14 now. So really that whole category of baits. Um, the biggest ones you see on the shelves. Okay. Now, I know that you have in the past done some competitive muskie angling as well. Are you still doing that? Um, I don't have a muskie tournament this year only because uh, there is one coming up on Leech Lake, but it uh, conflicts with the championship for the nwt so this will probably be my first year as long as i can remember without fishing uh a big musky tournament so when you're not tournament fishing and you're out with your friends fishing for fun what are you fishing for um i guess it depends on where i'm at but i really the last couple years i've been leaning towards smallmouth um a lot you know in the past it was always muskies and for me now, you know, getting a little older, so muskies represent a, a good amount of physical strain, especially if you're doing it right and you're doing it for long enough, which for me has always been at least 12 hours in a day. So, um, you know, really, whether it's shooting a Next Bite TV show or pre-fishing for a muskie tournament, um, you know, my old school muskie buddies, that's all we'll do if we get together. But, you know, whether that's a day here and there, uh, it's just not as many days as it used to be. What's, but I'd have to say smallmouth bass are kind of my my go-to, especially like on Leech Lake this year. I found myself on the 4th and Memorial Day fishing more for smallmouth um, than I did for walleyes. Wow. So you spend a lot of time on Leech? Is that your favorite lake when you have time? Yeah, in Minnesota, it's definitely, um, you know, my travel partner dustin make you i know you've had on the show mm-hmm. uh he has a place just south of the casino there um near walker so it's great lodging great camaraderie and then also you know tiana golf course longo golf course for a round or two for the weekend and then yeah smallmouth and walleye playground leech <laughs> is by far my favorite lake in the state so Dusty, as you mentioned, yeah, last time I talked to him, he was sitting number nine. Now he's up to number six, I see. Um, he's having a great year. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, for him, if you ask him if he's having a great year, he's always positive, and he is. He's having a really solid year. Um, but, you know, the way that Angler of the Year is kind of formatted, it really um, it can end up being the most consistent angler for the year. Definitely not the angler who's won the most money, like uh, our other partner, Dwayne, right now, you know, he he finished second at Prairie du Chien and then took a first at Green Bay. So, and then cashed another check at Chamberlain. So, like, on paper, he's won probably the most money of any angler, but, like me, had a bad finish, you know, in one of the tournaments and then an average finish in the other one. He's currently in second. Dusty's in six, and he's that tells the story how he fishes. He's always so solid. Like, I mean, I swear the guy cashes a check in every tournament. So, um, yeah, he's having a good year. I know that he'd be happier if he had, you know, a couple top tens or a, a top five or whatever. But, um, yeah, always solid for him for sure. So this format uh, is pretty traditional, professional, you know, tournament format where – you go out one day and you and you go out with a co-angler, um, and is it is it a different co-angler both days each day of the tournament? Yep, for sure. So how do you how do you guys how does that how do you make that work? 
Um, you know, for myself, I've, you know, coming from a guiding muskies, which is, you know, it's all about mechanics. You get somebody in their boat who maybe has musky fish, but you're still going to be able to teach them something mechanically, maybe in their figure eight or how to cast smoother. Um, you know, and I always just had a, I guess, a personality where I never felt like I, I did, I've never wanted to patronize anybody in their fishing ability, but to be, you know, very pointed and helpful and to stay with the person and keep giving them reminders to make them the best angler they can be that day. Um, that's always a fun challenge on top of, you know, timing and where are we going? How's the weather changed? Everything. So, um, for myself, it's another fun variable. And I know that, I mean, I've had co-anglers outfish me many a times and, for them to get in the boat and say, okay, this is, what are we doing? And okay, this is what we're doing. Okay. Let it fall a little faster. Um, you know, you want to do this, you want to do that. Um, try snapping it harder, you know, something like that. And then lo and behold, they catch four, I catch two. (laughs) And at the end of the day, it's like, well, that guy was awesome. And I know that, you know, some people will struggle with it, you know, staying with their co-angler, trying to make them, an, uh, a valuable asset for you each day. Instead, I know that some people can give up maybe if the person isn't uh, the best angler, but for myself, it's it's a fun part of the challenge, and I've had so many awesome days with co-anglers, you know, where you just met them for the first time in the morning. Wow. it Well, it you know, that, that is, there's a certain skill set there in just, you know, communication and cooperation. Yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, the majority of the co-anglers, like 80% of them, um, you know, barring maybe the financial side of it or their own confidence, I mean, their fishing ability, like they could easily be fishing on the pro side. There's a lot of other things that go into being able to make it happen and, you know, fish on the pro side, let a, you know, a $2,000 entry for fee, for instance, five weeks off of work. I understand it's, we're very lucky to be the guys that are fishing the pro side, but as far as like fishing ability, um, yeah, most of the guys are awesome, awesome anglers. We will wrap it up with John Hoyer next, including his first ever Fast Five. This is Toby Cavallibug. All of us at LOA are proud to make Kev Jackson sound smart. Sort of. This is Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. Hi, I'm Dick Beardsley with Dick Beardsley Fishing Guide Service. I'd like to invite you to drop a line in one of the 400 lakes in the Bemidji area. We have 160 miles of biking trails, forest trails, campsites. You can even get your picture with Paul Bunyan and Babe is Blue Ox. And when your adventures are done, we have some of the best eateries that Minnesota has to offer. Plus, much, much more. And don't forget to check us out at the Minnesota State Fair in the Education Building. Bemidji, one step further. This is Mike Frisch of Fishing the Midwest, and you're listening to Fishing Paul Bunyan. Welcome back to the show, our final segment with John Hoyer. Well, listen, if we're going to go out fishing this weekend and we just want to have fun, I'm sure you're going to say you probably should go for bass, but uh, if we really need to go for walleyes, what should we be doing this time of year? Um, you know, in Minnesota, this is definitely the time of year where a bottom bouncer and a spinner is like a go-to for a lot of people, you know, the majority of the bug hatches are over. So if you have the luxury of having forward-facing sonar, I would say that 
there's only one thing I want to be doing. That's throwing a glide bait, um, a jig wrap, a shiver minnow, or a Johnny darter. And, you know, being able to cruise long structure, they're definitely out in their summer depth. So, you know, uh, rock to gravel, rock to sand, you know, in that 18 to even 30 feet of water. So, you know, it's pretty simple. You know, I always picture Leech Lake when I'm explaining this, but a lot of those lakes are the same up there. Just cruise along the best parts of the lake, you know, the best-looking points, and be able to look forward like that and then throw your jig wrap or your Johnny darter out and really kind of experiment with, like, how aggressive or how fast can you get this fish to move. So, um, you know, it's a lot like ice fishing now out in front of the boat where I can make a pinpoint cast and play with a couple different variables. Do I let it fall really fast past them? Do I pop it above them a few times until I see them move, then let it fall? Um, that learning curve is so fun and challenging, and it's like ice fishing that we've all done for so long. Now it's just, you know, 40, 60, 80 feet in front of the boat. If you don't have that right now, um, you know, same spots, but definitely that bottom bouncer and a spinner is a great way to catch them. And sometimes they're a little picky, so a lot of um, blades that guides pull are just those um, smiley blades, they're called. They're made by Max. And, you know, it's just that little inline blade with a, you know, half a crawler behind it. And, you know, that's really the way to put numbers of fish in the boat right now, in my mind. And it's a little more effective than just dragging, you know, a, a leech and a lindy rig or whatever. You can cover a little bit more water. So definitely the time of year for all that stuff. And if we're going bass fishing, where are they and what do we need to bring with us? Um, you know, bass fishing this time of year, Malax, for instance, you know, those lakes that get fished quite a bit, um, those things are getting, you know, they get caught. So they, they've been, they've all been caught like two times. So either A, take the normal stuff, like a drop shot is really a go-to this time of year for bass fishing. Um, I'm sure a lot of people, if they follow bass, they've seen the Berkeley flatworm on TV. And there's times where in a smallmouth tournament especially, there's a shortage of these things because people buy them so fast. So they do work that good. And uh, putting it on a small little, like, number one drop shot hook, you know, maybe 18 inches off the bottom, and then just going to those biggest boulder areas, you know, that bass really want to be shallow. So, you know, if you start in six feet and the deepest you go is 12 feet, you're not really doing anything wrong, especially... You know, it's really kind of a fall thing when they will start trending out deeper in that, like, 16, 18, 20. But um, basically find the biggest boulders you can on the spot, and no matter what, that's where the smallmouth will be on that spot. So any lake, um, really kind of just the biggest boulders you can find. Well, John Hoyer, are you ready for the Fast Five, or do you even know what the Fast Five is? Sounds like a rapid-fire questionnaire. It's pretty much what it is, yes. Oh, in that case, I'm ready. <laughs> All right. What's up? Fast five. All right, question number one. What is your favorite fish to catch? Uh, walleye. Still is. Sure, yep. Okay. Uh, question number two might be the same, maybe, maybe different. What's your favorite fish to eat? Perch. Question number three. Memory banks for you. First fish you ever caught and how old were you? Uh, I think I was three or four years old, and it was definitely a bluegill. All right. Uh, what lake? you remember that? Uh, Crystal Lake in northern Wisconsin, north of Hayward. Wow. Good memory. 
<laughs> Question number four, and I know you've had fun doing both, but hard water or soft water? Um, I mean, I have a really sweet boat with amazing electronics on it, so I'm definitely going to have to go soft water, but um, I still get just as excited about ice fishing for sure. And finally, uh, we'll get off the fish for just a second. Question number five, what was your favorite subject in school? Uh, I'd have to go with physical education, but math, math was like my strong suit. But obviously, I like gym class better. <laughs> He's John Hoyer. Great to have him on the show. You mentioned TV a little bit. Uh, where can we watch you, and what, what show is that? Yeah, the uh, Next Bite TV. I'm one of the six hosts, and I'm not going to lie. The other five hosts are literally some of the best walleye anglers in the history of walleye tournaments and or are currently the best. Um, it's Gary Parsons, Chase Parsons, Jason Shakirit, Tommy Kemos, Corey Sprangle, and myself. So we each do a couple uh, episodes a year, and it airs in quarter one on the Discovery Channel. But if you check it out, uh, if you YouTube or Google it, you'll see, I mean, just an absolute wealth of knowledge, uh, a bunch of video tips on our website, and then, you know, all those tips are also on YouTube and all the old episodes. So um, that's how I learned a lot about walleye fishing was watching the next bite. Um, the show has been on the air for, I think, 18 years. And some of the best kept, you know, tournament winning secrets have been revealed on that show. So um, they've always been cutting edge. And I highly recommend checking it out. All right, he's John Hoyer. Love to have him on the show. John, for, thanks for taking the time today. Uh, best of luck out in New York. Thank you very much, and uh, thanks for having me. Got a couple of great shows coming up in the next couple of days. We'll hear from Kevin Cochran of Kevin Cochran's Muskie Guide Service, and we'll hear from Nick Linder as well. That's it for today, though. I'm Kev Jackson. Thank you for being here. This has been the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast. Sponsored by Visit Bemidji and Grand Haven Campground. The Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast is also sponsored by Bemidji State University and Northwest Technical College. And don't forget, you can listen to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country on KB101 FM and KBUN Sports Radio 104.5 weekdays, as well as Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Saturday mornings on KBUN Sports Radio 104.5, B93.3 in Brainerd Baxter, and Kick FM in Alexandria. <laughs>